Respectfully. 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 A Melanated Therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Rade. And I'm Demetric, and this is Respectfully, a Melanated Therapist podcast. Just a quick disclaimer, this is not therapy. We are just two people who are doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to invite you to participate in my dissertation for my current PhD program. I'm currently looking for African-American millennials who are currently in heterosexual relationships but unmarried. If you're interested, please go ahead and message us at RespectfullyMT on Instagram or send me a text at 970-541-2892 for more information about consent forms. Thank you. Now, before we kick off the show, let's talk a little bit about how you all can support us. If you would like to show us support, please share our podcast on social media, tag at RespectfullyMT, rate the show, and write reviews just to let us know you're listening and enjoying the show. Thanks for that, friend. All right, fam. For today's episode, we are discussing what it means to grieve your past self. For the sake of today's episode, we would like to make sure we're reminding you and ourselves to treat yourself with grace and kindness. As we move through this discussion, evolving into your higher self requires grace and compassion. Self-grief is an essential part to the healing process as it allows you to develop a deeper understanding with self, thus developing deeper connection with others. Yes, and this can be a relieving and freedom-filled process, which also can be scary. As you can develop deeper relationships, there is a likelihood that you may lose relationships or create distance with people that you may love deeply. Self-grieving is when we offer ourselves a safe space of compassion and love regarding past experiences that we often experience negative talk around. Today, we are going to be discussing some of the ways we have healed through grooming our past selves and how we help our clients through it. Okay. <laughs> I this um this episode should be interesting. Um yes. neither of us have done any like written reflection recently to my knowledge about this in particular so this is going to be straight off, off the, dome. the mind and the heart right <laughs> like yeah okay yeah so real and raw real real and raw mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. slightly uncut <laughs> <laughs> no, all right so in a previous episode we discussed the stages of grief So let me ask you this, friend. Do you believe that there are any stages of grief that are different when you're self-grieving and any key steps to grieving your past self? If so, what are they? Mm. Cocked and loaded. First question. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I do not believe that the the stages um, are different, even if you're grieving your past self. I just think that, that, of course, they're going to look vastly different Mm -hmm. um, because you're grieving your past self and not grieving someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. 
key steps to grieving your past self. I think it really all, I feel like everything begins with acceptance. So, you know, ultimately, I know with the stages of grief, you know, typically acceptance is that final objective, right? But Mm -hmm. ultimately, it still is the most important and the one that you want to strive for the most because when you are aware of something and you accept something, then you have the ability to modify it and move forward and do something different. And that's what it's all about because you're no longer that past self. So now I need to accept that. That previous life that I had is no longer relevant to me. Um, I honor it. Um, Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. and use that as the foundation of this new place and this new person that you are now moving forward into this next chapter of your life. Um, but you're going to go through some changes because, you know, ultimately, kind of like we were saying before, it's possible as you transition into this new self or evolve into this new space or chapter in your life, that it's possible that you're going to lose some people that you love deeply and not because you love them less, but they just may not be on the same journey or the same path that you're on. And losing a relationship, regard, even especially when nothing bad has happened or having to, in mm-hmm. a, not inadvertently, but... Um, unintentionally having to separate yourself from people you love or care about or walk away from a a relationship, it's tough. And you're going to go through the motions, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's going to be bargaining and there's going to be, you know, which is an example could be, um, well, we've been friends for 10 years. So it doesn't matter where I'm going. We we can still rock on the same level when in reality, we can't rock on the, we can't rock on the same level (laughs) because we're on two different paths now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we're not saying that you just got to, you know, chop them off at the knees. I mean, you can still keep it cordial, but you have to also understand and respect where you're, where that person is, as well as where you are and where you're going. So mm-hmm. it's no disrespect or no love lost. But at the same time, you know, that saying, you know, when you, when you on your way up, you can't always take everyone with you, mm-hmm. you know, respectfully. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? Um, I agree. I don't think that there are any different stages like to plug in in there. I think mm-hmm. that I want to add some stages at the end if nice. that's anything different. Um, after acceptance, I think like affirming and developing a deeper relationship are like two steps that I think are important after you're grieving your past self um, because of getting to know this like new you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think like, when you kind of think about having a new friend, right? If you think mm-hmm. about having a new friend and it's a genuine connection that you're building with that person, there's a lot of compliments flying between mm-hmm. you and that new friend, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, girl, love that bag. Oh, girl, love your hair. Oh, girl, love the shoes, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so, um, but oh, always, I, I like them kicks, bro. Oh. <laughs> no, seriously. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> but yeah, so like there's a lot of compliments flying, even or even just about, you know, the heart, a lot of heartfelt compliments. You're so nice. You know, it's glad to be meeting a new great friend, mm-hmm. all of those things. And it's important that when you're meeting your new self, that I think you're complimenting your new self, you're affirming your new self in a certain way so that, that you get to know your that new you. Because yes. um, oftentimes I think the reason that these stages have to exist is because when you're grieving a past self, 
you still have the same body, but your spirit is evolving. Your soul mm-hmm. is kind of evolving. And so it feels like you're like, and it feels like, okay, I don't understand this vessel anymore. You know, <laughs> like, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't, this doesn't look like me or it doesn't probably mm-hmm. feel like me, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then and I think they're developing it. the, Exactly. And then so developing the deeper connection is the form of embracing that, right? Like mm-hmm. it's getting to learn, okay, does this new me like new things? Does right. this evolved version of me dislike certain things? Do I have different boundaries? You know, stuff like that. And so I think those are two things that I would add towards the end um, mm-hmm. because I think they're just important overall for like a healthy, positive well-being. Absolutely. Um, but Especially if you're grieving your past self in order to like move through that, I think it's important that you are affirming and developing a deeper relationship. That's good. Because you're I'm not so- gone, so to speak. Just right. past you is. You're, ju- you're just a new. Right. But I appreciate um, you you saying that, friend, because, you know, we, you know, in therapy and conversations, we're always talking about growth and, and overcoming challenges, evolving. But I think, you know, oftentimes we don't focus on, you know, that follow up. And what mm-hmm. you're that affirming and that, you know, getting to learn this new self um, that you have evolved into, which we all do at different times in our lives, is equally as important as grieving your past self and then getting to that acceptance. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel like that's all that's like a little missing piece that not a lot of people follow up on on the back end. And then even going back to just if we if you're grieving someone else you still have to grieve that past life because you have Mm -hmm. to grieve that person because they're no longer on this earthly plane. And then you have to grieve what your life looks like now without that person. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing applies. You have to, you know, affirm yourself. I'm going to be okay. You know, honoring that person, remembering that that person in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, you know, doing your best to find the beauty in the life that you have today. So So, friend, what stage do you believe to be the most challenging when helping clients work through grieving their past selves for them and for you as a therapist? Mm, mm, um, Yeah, that one hit different. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) I think for them and for me as a therapist is when I start to notice my clients go back and forth between bargaining and acceptance. Um, I think those are the most, I think that's super challenging because the bargaining space is like, you know, I could have spent more time and I'm looking back and I'm hoping and I'm wishing that I would have spent more time. Right. But also, Mm. you know, or doing X, Y, and Z. I'm not talking about grief itself. Right. I'm talking about what's so I could have spent more time doing this or I could have worked on this or I, I could have done this. I should have seen this coming. And then being able to say, okay, but I've learned a lesson from it. And that moment has happened. I've learned a lesson. And I think the reason that it's so challenging for both of us is because as they're as we are trying to implement some of these skills that they've learned or are currently learning in the midst of them going back and forth between these two stages, it creates an upset in, in a certain way. It's like one moment they are actually moving through the coping skill or the maintenance of 
the evolution of self. And then next moment they are like pulled all the way out. And it's like, I can't do this. It's like a shock to the system because Mm -hmm. their past self, the the habitual behaviors of their past self are showing up and wanting to Mm -hmm. intrude while they're trying Mm -hmm. to implement these new things. And a huge piece of this is, I think, recognizing how challenging it can be to let go of behaviors that were behavior thoughts or emotions that were mm-hmm. functional at one point for your past mm-hmm. self and recognizing oh crap these no longer work for me mm-hmm. like they're actually mm-hmm. creating a problem or they're actually creating uh you know danger or or whatever it may look like mm-hmm. and so I think those are the hardest ones. And I think it's hard for me to move through because at this point, I've already seen your potential and I already know you can do it. And I just want you mm-hmm. to be consistent. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, like this is not my journey at all. And I think a lot of, I dealt with this a lot with like substance use treatment, but you see it a lot in trauma work period. Right. There's a lot of like, you know, that, that, um, flight fight or freeze fawn that shows up in the midst of trying to implement something new when you have your past self looking at you and like well we've done something different before (laughs) you know and so i think that's just that that's the hardest you know or the challenging Mm -hmm. when it comes to helping my clients through and i think that they really struggle with that part too that's where we see a lot of clients get frustrated I see a lot of clients wanting to quote unquote back out of therapy, but they, they end up saying because it's just kind of like, okay, I actually can get through this. Um, but mm-hmm. this is when things start to go haywire a bit where it's like, oh, okay, I thought we were making progress in here. I'm back mm-hmm. sliding a little bit. I'm taking a few steps back and then I'm moving forward and it feels like mm-hmm. a huge tug of war. So yeah, I feel like that was long winded, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I re- <laughs> hashtag retweet all of that. I completely agree. Um, as a close second, I would say denial is very challenging, um, you know, and in this space, when it comes to denial, not um, it's not intentional, but, you know, when you are still holding on or grasping to the life that you have now, you tend not to to believe that there's anything wrong. So, but the reality of it is, is that you're here in therapy because you know mm-hmm. something's off or imbalanced. So, you know, that applies to all areas. You know what I mean? Until we, you know, determine, okay, area A, B, and C are good. So we need to focus on D, if that makes sense. Um, so kind of wavering back and forth between that denial, it could, like you say, it could be very frustrating because you, you know, they started that process, but then they'll wield themselves back or they'll come up with the excuse to say, uh, no, but that was an isolated incident where reality is a pattern, mm-hmm. um, that they have not yet recognized as a pattern. So trying to get them to process it to the degree to where they can say, oh, okay, wow, that is a pattern. I actually don't like that. Oh, I do need a boundary for that, or I need to review a boundary. And I'm, I'm glad I, you know, uh, you said what you said right there because it kind of prompted me to to let people know that, you know, you set boundaries, um, to protect yourself from certain situations, but those need to be reevaluated when you're getting ready to step into that new space or that new chapter in your life. Because at the end of the day, if you have been holding strong and firm in those boundaries in that last chapter, then that means that the ones moving forward, meaning that you've already kind of weaved out that behavior. So now it's time to focus on, okay, are these boundaries still relevant or do I need to modify them? Or do I have new boundaries now because of this new space that I'm operating? in mm-hmm. um 
But after the, you know, we make it past the denial, then it is that wavering between um, bargaining and then um, acceptance. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's so cliche, but admitting the problem is always the first step, but it's so very true. <laughs> and until you actually realize that there is some dysfunction or a problem going on, you won't be able to do anything. You won't be able to make it through any of the other steps, really. Um, I mean, you could, I mean, you experience, you can experience anger and depression, but not in the, the sense of grieving your past self, but just right. in the sense of that emotional imbalance or lack of emotional regulation. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I agree with that friend and um that's that's my thoughts on it. Um I've actually worked with a lot of clients and, and grief is complicated, you know, as simple as those stages may sound or how we may piece it together, working through grief is is difficult. Um <clears throat> there's no set template because everybody experiences grief differently, whether it's for your sub passive or someone else. Um so I think just helping someone move through grief as a therapist, we that's the challenge in itself for us because it's a it's a journey, it's a process and mm-hmm. it comes and goes and you know it's not one of it's literally, you know, we just it's it's patchwork for long term mm-hmm. maintenance, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, as we're talking about the challenge, I kinda wanna plug in like a question of do is there when you are helping a client through healing their past self, is there a specific stage that you like love the most that you find most like invigorating and like, oh my God, we're making progress and the chariot, like we move in, like, do you have any so, stage that feels like that for you? Yes. Yes. So, um, so of course, acceptance, if y'all couldn't guess, <laughs> but I, but I do want to break down um, the acceptance factor a little bit. So you have stages of acceptance or steps of acceptance, and then you have total acceptance. So meaning that along that journey to full acceptance, you're going to little light bulb moments and epiphanies are going to reveal themselves along the way until you fully get to that um, total acceptance. And then you're able to kind of execute the things that we've learned and process together. So for me, you know, um, one thing I tell my clients is like, we celebrate all wins in my room. You know what I mean? From what someone may deem small or minute to the ones that someone may deem monumental. To me, a win is a win. Um, there shouldn't be any differentiation because what you accomplish and strive to, to and goals you, astri- you strive to meet um, are just that you know you mm-hmm. can't say okay well okay so these two goals they are going to help you accomplish something you know personally that you've been striving for but this one has more accolades or public recognition than the other one but that does not mean that one is weighted higher than the other if that makes sense mm-hmm. um so um yeah Oh, Alex, we don't have to take out this pause because um, <laughs> I remember the question, but what was the, um, can you say it again to make sure oh, I got just, the last piece? Do you have um, any of the stages that you appreciate most that you love? Most? Oh, yes, ready? yes. I'm sorry. Okay. So now, Alex, we're going to go back to the second part, of, second half of my, my answer. So, so basically what I'm saying is that, you know, as clients reach those steps t- towards 
full acceptance that that makes me feel good because that lets me know that they're processing, they're learning, they're growing through it. And then, of course, when they get to that final stage of full acceptance, then it's like, okay, we like, now let's go have a block party, you know, um, <laughs> because we <laughs> no, made it through. But, but appreciating, you know, each of those milestones that gets that person to, um, to the full acceptance and really just appreciating their process and their journey, I think is what is um, what I, I guess, enjoy the most or what warms my heart as I'm working with the client, kind of processing them um, with mm-hmm. grieving their past self. How about you? Um, it's definitely one of the stages in acceptance as well, like one of the steps in acceptance. Um, I have this thing with my clients. We definitely celebrate all wins. I also have this thing with my clients that we go from like 1.0 to 2.0. So whatever that I know that's is, right. 2.0. Yes. So, <laughs> um, and so we use it as reference a lot, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and so in the acceptance stage of it, after we've really looked at like, you know, what are your values now and how are they being um, how you're use, using them in your life, how you're behaving through them in your life, how you're thinking through them in your life, like to make sure you're aligned. I think that part is always super invigorating. Like whenever we have to come back to that moment of just like mm-hmm. foundationally understanding who our evolved or 2.0 self is, I'm always mm-hmm. like, yeah, exactly. This is where we, this is where it puts us at like a foundational space where you can like continue to grow from. If Mm -hmm. we are like flailing and not coming back to this foundational space, we're not going to continue to grow. And so like whenever we can come back to those little moments, that little nugget Mm -hmm. of a moment, even though it's like, I'm saying it's little, but it's huge because we don't always remember to think about that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And so. Exactly. To have the capacity to be able to come back to that, I I love it. So yeah, okay. So have you grieved your past self? If so, um, how did you do it, and how did it feel? Hmm. Honestly, <laughs> um, I've grieved my past self a few times. Um, the first time it was really difficult because there were aspects of my life that I felt were not problematic or there were relationships in my life that I felt like I wanted to keep even if I knew even deep down I knew that they may have not been the most healthy or the best for me but at the same time there was some love there there was some concern there but you know when you're everyone's dealing with their own traumas their own problems so you know we have a tendency to project things onto each other um so, you know, I feel like part of that, you know, went into the bargaining and, and making excuses. Um, but as I started continue to evolve and walk into each chapter of my life, I do um, grieve my past self. And, you know, um, another difficult thing for me is was to not accept that I was walking into a new chapter, but to respect it, own it. That was the challenge to say, you know what, and to know that that I was deserving of this new chapter that I was mm. walking into, that I had worked so hard, that I have grown, that I have done everything I needed to do to achieve my goals to get me to that next chapter and just honoring and appreciating that. That was the difficult part. And then right after mm. that was, you know, losing connections with some of the people that um, that I did love and care about. 
you know, but I knew that ultimately it wasn't the healthiest for me because like I said before, everybody has their own traumas, their own growth journeys, and sometimes they get intertwined and we project onto each other. But, you know, I learned a long time ago that at the end of the day, like I'm not going to be someone else's punching bag, their doormat, you know, I need to make sure that I'm safe. And then allowing myself to be safe will allow me to be there for you and to allow that you have that same safe space with me. But um, it always felt good. Um, You know, after that one, um, it felt good because I had, you know, been able to go through it more than once to kind of figure out, okay, what the heck is exactly going on? And um, I don't know about you, but whenever I know that I'm um, getting ready to transition into a new space, everything just feels a little imbalance. There's some confusion. Um, you know, there's some some questioning. Um, I don't know if I would call it doubt, but a lot of questions like, okay, am I doing the right thing? Um, okay, this feels a little different. Am I going in the right direction? Um, and then, you know, just kind of submitting to that process then allows me allowed me to see things full picture and more clearly to say, okay, Demetra, this is where you where you were. This is where you are now, and this is where you're going. So what are the things that are going to continue to help push you forward and not pull you back? And I just kind of talked with my um, with a client about this, and I was like, you know, it's almost like with a car. I was like, if you notice with a car that the windshield is huge, but your rearview mirror is small which means that you only need to glance at that from time to time to to remind you of what's around you or remind you of your journey. But that windshield is so big because you're supposed to look here the most. You're supposed to look in front of you the most. You're supposed to look at the big picture consistently so that you know where you're going, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's just been um, looking back at all of the prior transitions to now, it's been a beautiful thing. Um, but like I said, that first one was a little choppy because I'm like, okay, what the hell is going on? I love them. <laughs> I should be able to, you know, be, you know, still keep them as I transition and protect myself. Like, you know, ultimately, you know, because of that love that I have, why do I have to pick between the two? And of course, I chose me. Hello. But... <laughs> um you know, that's a hard thing to do, you know, when you love mm-hmm. someone is to to really um, choose yourself um, and have to walk away because of that safety and that self-love that you that you have. Yeah. What about you? Um, yes, I have grieved um, a past self. Um, I'm actually in a grieving stage right now <laughs> of, a, of my past self, another stage Preach. of it or whatever. Um, I don't even know how to even acknowledge what space I'm in with that. Um, but yeah, it feels like a limbo. Um, definitely like the unbalance. It feels like a limbo state. It feels kind of like a, okay. So I feel like I know I'm about to be like catapulted (laughs) into like Mm -hmm. having to do some work. Like Mm -hmm. when I feel like I'm in a limbo space, I have a little bit too much time on my hands, but I don't really have that much time. Mm -hmm. But it feels like on my free time, I'm like, I don't have anything to do. I don't have (laughs) anything to worry about. (laughs) You know, know, we like to keep our plates full, good, bad, and different. Granted, I like this. Like, I don't mind not having this, but also I think there's like a seed inside of me that's like, if 
it doesn't feel like you're fulfilling a purpose, what are you doing? Mm. <laughs> what are you doing? Right. Right. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yes, I have breathed past selves um, before, and I definitely experienced that limbo state first before I'm like full fledged into something. I know that this um, newer or higher self of, you know, higher self that I'm about to encounter is going to be quite interesting, especially with my circumstances now. I'm now married and like, I can't just be focused on myself, you know, like mm-hmm. my husband's about to be catapulted to a higher self, you know, Won't like do we, we can't like not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you are, when you're married, you can't not be catapulted kind of at right. similar times, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we can, we can definitely see or, it happening. And if not, you're on your way to court. Stop oh, I'm sorry. It. Go ahead. <laughs> That's not true, y'all. That's not true. You can catapult and your partner not catapult. I'm not saying it like that. I'm just saying. Now, listen, now we're going to keep it real in 100. Now, you only got a few times that you can catapult without your partner before. Yeah, a few. uh, Yeah. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) But, Steven, still, like. Fight for y'all relationships, y'all. I'm not saying don't fight. I'd like to read break up with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. Fight for y'all relationships. Salvage what you, if you can salvage it, salvage it. But anyway, I'm oh sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, you're totally fine. But yes, exactly. But regardless, I there has to be there has to be the growth. There has to be the catapult. I think mm-hmm. um, another way I often feel when I am grieving my past self is I'm feeling a lot of frustration for past things that I've probably said, done, felt um, that I feel like are misaligned with who I am and who I'm trying to be like as my best self. Um, while also trying to give myself some grace to that, it can get really complex. It can get complicated. I can get become very distant um, and often feeling um, confused, you know, or just anxious about, okay, what is about to happen? <laughs> what is about to happen? And am I going to be prepared? I mean, granted, we know that, you know, God spirit ain't going to give me anything that I'm not prepared for, but, Man. um, and I cannot be the girl that like prays for it and then cries about it. I can't be <laughs> because I'm going to be Ooh. so mad if I do. <laughs> Wait, first of so, all, I'm sorry, friends. Say that one more time for the damn people in the back. I it's not just women, y'all. It's everybody. Oh, yeah. But she's I'm, I'm sorry. Girl I love to say the girl. She's a woman. No, it's okay. I cannot be the girl that prays for it and then cries for it because spirit Period. is going to make sure that, you know, I I can I can withstand it when it when I have it and I can I have the capacity for exactly. it. Exactly. And, I mean, and what you were given little, is what you're exactly. meant to have. So meant whatever have. Uh, whatever challenges or hurdles come your way, you're supposed to jump over them, work through them, because what has been placed in your lap is for you. So right. it doesn't mean that whatever God or spirit puts in your lap is um, what they call it, um, microwave ready. Sometimes you got <laughs> to prepare. Sometimes you got to defrost. Sometimes you got to uh, preheat your oven and then you got mm-hmm. to let it cook. You know what I'm saying? It's not ready to just to be popped in the microwave. It's basically, you know what, what Rade is saying. You got to use your tools. Yes. And you have to remember that you asked for it, right? Period. There was a reason you asked for it. Come back to, why did I actually want this? Like, in the real answer, not the, like, rhetorical, why am I here? Why did I ask for this? No. Like, <laughs> right. Not existential crisis. 
<laughs> Why did you actually want this? But okay, yeah. So the question I, I have green no, but, I, but in, yeah, oh yeah, yes, yes. Go ahead. No, but that's it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, like you know, I with what you said, it, it rang true for me because, honey, I learned a long time ago to be careful what you ask God for because He will give it to you. You hear me? Mm-hmm. Listen, a long time ago when I was, you know, quite young. And, you know, lacking some knowledge. Um, Lord, please give me patience. Please give me patience. Please give me patience. (laughs) And in my mind, I'm like, okay, it's just going one day I'm going to wake up. (laughs) It's irrational as it was. So don't judge Mm -hmm. me. I just knew that one day I was going to wake up and I was going to be like, bam. Ooh, bitch, I'm patient. (laughs) But when I tell you the journey to get to that patience was not the business. Because basically how my patience was built was off the shoulders of obstacles, trials, and tribulations. So, you know, you're not just going to jump to patience unless you was naturally born patient. And many of us are not. Um, so <laughs> I don't know anybody that is. I know, but I just in case it is, you know, we want to be inclusive, but you know, I haven't met anyone either, but just in case there's people out there. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it was, that's how I got my, that's how I learned my patience. You know what I'm saying? So after that, I'm like, Ooh, okay. Um, And it was something else I used to pray for. And then after I went through that, I was like, you know what, Dimitri? Okay. I was like, two is enough. I was like, okay. So be very, very intentional about what you pray for. At the end of the day, God or whom you serve already know what you need. So be very intentional and conscious about what you're praying for because it is not typically it's not going to come in the way that you expect it to come and it's typically going to come through life lessons and obstacles and challenges mm-hmm. because you know at the end of the day god wants us to triumph over our obstacles and challenges so in order for us to really appreciate what we're asking him to give us he had there has to be a lesson has to be a lesson always okay. look for the lesson in almost everything absolutely for everything <laughs> yes all that shit. Not a fan. Um, <laughs> so, friend, are there any parts of your past self that you are still grieving? If so, would you like to share them? Um. Okay. Well, I just said that I'm currently <laughs> grieving my past self or healing, so to speak. I um. I wish I would have been using that word interchangeably throughout the se- the uh, episode today of like grief, grieving, past self and healing because, Mm -hmm. but regardless, I guess they can feel like two different things, even though Mm -hmm. it's a part of the process of healing. Anyway. Um, yes, I'm still grieving some parts of my past self, um, such as, uh, like you literally, my lack of patience, a lot of it, a lot of lack of patience comes with, um, sacrifice, the feeling of sacrifice, Mm. so to speak. Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> and a lot, sometimes it is simply the sacrifice of instant gratification. Um, sometimes it's a sacrifice of choosing you and knowing that you hurt someone else by choosing yourself. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely still grieving parts of my past self. Okay. One huge part is I think just kind of going off of what I just said was, um, not being so caught up in hurting other people or so withdrawn that I don't give a fuck. So I'm trying to create this balance with my 
healing self or my 2.0 self that puts me in a position to feel safe and validated within myself to knowing when my feelings are valid, when my thoughts are valid, um, rational or, or so forth. And so I think it can be really hard when you're kind of in a position, when you have to think about your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own beliefs, it puts you in a position to be going against the grain because we have things like social media, familial relationships that are unhealed, uh, probably people in our workspaces that are unhealed or just ignorant and unaware of what else is going on in the world. And you're put in positions on multiple occasions to put your newer self to the test, right? And so it's a lot of intentionality and not just like, oh yeah, just flow through it. And so I'm trying to create that balance of flowing through it at times and also having those moments where I can trust myself enough to say, oh, okay, wait, as much as you want to flow through this right now, there's something that you probably need to be paying more attention to. So address that in this moment. Um, Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Okay. <laughs> just making sure. So, <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. Just making sure. um, so yeah, I think, and see like even that, you know, I think grieving my past self, there's like a lot of uncertainty. I want to make sure that I'm not confusing anybody, but also just a vulnerable moment of just these are, it's, it's interesting to kind of work through where you're like, okay, I know what I'm thinking. I know what I want to say. I know what I want to put into words. And then hoping that it can like come into fruition in that way mm-hmm. um, is definitely a part of the process that kind of makes you feel off balance because you don't, there's a, a part of you that doesn't feel like you can trust you, but you can trust you. I can trust me. So I feel Period. safe in doing this. <laughs> and I, and can trust, I trust you. That's for you. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but so. I mean, yeah. So, so yeah. What about you? Okay. All right. So before I kind of answer the question, I just kind of want to piggyback off of what Rade said, because, you know, um, this question, um, not intentionally, but could cause a little slight confusion a little bit because, you know, we're talking about grieving past selves and he's like, is there any part of your past that you haven't grieved? So just to differentiate like what Rade was saying, pick it back off of what Rade was saying is that there is a differentiation between grieving your past self and moving forward. So basically you can grieve your past self or past life and move forward. And since we're constantly evolving, there are parts of your past self that can remain or linger, but you can still move into that new chapter of your life. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what Rade is saying about, okay, are there any parts of your past self that you're still grieving? So just because you're still grieving a part of your past self does not mean that you're still not evolving or you're incapable of moving into that next chapter of your life. That just means that you have some more work to do. Um, So with me, the part of myself that I, my past self that I'm still grieving is my past childhood self. Um, that is, oh yeah, same a journey. That is a mm-hmm. journey. Um, there's trauma. Um, there's a lot of um, self worth and self concept issues that have arised because of that. Now, when I say 
So when people say that they, they have experienced childhood trauma, it doesn't always mean that they had a bad childhood overall, mm-hmm. but they've gone through some traumatic experiences. So I didn't have a, a bad childhood, but there were a lot of adversities and challenges and some trauma that I was born into, not just being a Black person because we have cultural trauma that we're automatically born into, but this is more so familial um, mm-hmm. trauma that was, you know, um, sometimes intentional, sometimes unintentional, because you have to remember at the end of the day, everybody's human, whether it's an adult or a child. Now, we're not talking about, you know, uh, abusing children or anything like that, but I'm talking about, you know, as, you know, the way that, you know, you may experience affection in your home or the way you may experience communicating emotions or expressing yourself in a home. Those are the type of things. And whenever, you know, you're not taught to do that or whenever there's that innate, because um, innately we're born to express ourselves, but those voices get numb out by, you know, generational trauma or generational cycles and patterns. But at the end of the day, you know, it's not always intentional because someone can't give you something that they never got or they never Mm -hmm. received. So, you know, for my past self, I think it's going to, it's going to be a while. Um, But I know that he, meaning my past self, childhood self, um, is still there and it's still some hurt there and it's still some pain that needs to be healed. Um, But I am in a place to where I can walk into the next chapter of my life and be successful and and hold true to the things that I know I have today and, and honor what I have today and not necessarily focus on the past. However, still use my rearview mirror to look back there and say, hey, oh shit, past childhood self still in the backseat. Okay, now we need to get you to your destination, you know, to get to your final home. And when I say final home, meaning to the place where there's peace and healing. So as that that childhood self of mine is in that backseat and we driving forward, we haven't met that full destination yet. So where I can drop that child off, that childhood mm-hmm. self off. So it doesn't mean that I forget about it or that is because it's a part of my story. So my childhood self will always be a part of me, but it should be dropped off mm-hmm. somewhere safe and somewhere peaceful and somewhere with healing nature. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the biggest one. Um, and like I said, it's been a journey. Um, it's not an easy journey because, you know, um, acceptance is hard as fuck. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Acceptance for what it is and, you know, what I experienced, acceptance for, you know, how it impacted my life up to a point to where I was able to gain control of it and be and be in control of my own destiny and not the product of my environment or the product of what people spoke unto me, did to me, um, but truly being in control of of my own journey um, and not the tool or chess piece of somebody else's no, life no, or, or I'm going to say it, game, you know. Um, but yeah, that's my little you piece. Know, <laughs> one thing I will say before we start to close out, as you brought up inner child work, you know, y'all, it is hard to work through inner child work. That is one of the most challenging things that you can do it, whether you're doing it with a therapist or alone. Um, And so because it is a piece of you that oftentimes, all of the time, let's just say this, you don't, you have very little control. You know, as a Mm -hmm. child, you have very little control. 
um, and very little knowledge of what is happening with the world or within it. And so uh, to be, to grieve uh, your inner child and still propel yourself forward to try to actually be intentional about Mm -hmm. what you're doing now, not using it as an excuse to stay in the same place is another thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm recognizing um, a lot of the things that I forgot during my childhood because of trauma right now is what's coming up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Not like in, as we're talking, but like (laughs) through this, my healing journey right now is, is um, you'll start to remember a lot of things that you blocked out. Right, because that's what trauma does. Our brain says it's too much, so can't remember mm-hmm. that, and it'll start to come up as you're healing. And it's important that it comes up because then you can grieve it. So mm-hmm. listen to it, don't ignore it. Right. Okay. I love to say welcome the challenging or quote unquote negative emotions, memories, um, because they were real. They happened. Mm-hmm. So, all right. You have anything else, friend? No, I think I listen. I think we buttoned that up pretty nicely. Same, and look at that. It's ten ten. Ah, uh, perfect. Look at that. Perfect timing. All right. Anyway, y'all. <laughs> Earth lesson. So our Earth lesson for this episode is: you have had experiences that have shaped your life and reality. Use them to intentionally move forward by acknowledging the missed lessons. It is interesting that we have to compassionately relearn that endings are nearly new beginnings. Respectfully. A melanated therapist. All right, fam. Remember to follow us on Instagram at respectfullymt and send your question and topic request to respectfullymt at gmail.com. Until next time, fam. Peace. Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist.